Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Well, welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today on the show, we have Mike Reynolds. Mike is the CEO of Innovate Map. Hi, Mike. How are you today? Real good. Great to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk with you about these topics. We're going to talk about what it means to be digital, how do you get into it. But first, I want you to give us a little bit of background about Innovate Map and your career there. Neil, thanks. So we describe ourselves, we're a digital product agency, and I'll unpack what that means. We've been around for about seven years, and we will help uh, companies dream, design, and deliver to market winning digital products or strategies. And um, what I mean by a digital product, it's it's a web experience, e-commerce, SaaS application, mobile app. Um, we are laser focused on that experience being very marketable. It sells valuable. It solves the problem you want it to solve and usable. I mean, it's designed the way people want to use it. Um, and, you know, we will partner with tech teams. We will partner with executive teams, but we're really laser focused. Our team is really uh, full of people focused on strategy and design. So we're really, our value prop is you're going to build the right thing and it resonates with the buyer and it resonates with the user. So I love what you guys are doing and we've talked before and it seems like what you're really selling to people or the service that you're offering is not so much, you don't offer a product, you're offering really the people and, and the brilliance behind them and, and people who are able to think about these things and strategize in a, in a very digital world, right? Perfectly said. Yes, we're a professional service. Our team, when we get engaged, I mean, like I said, we're operating at, at a C level or executive level. These are very seasoned product professionals. They are product managers, UX designers, product marketers. And, uh, you know, we are being hired to hit very uh, important digital outcomes. Yeah. But it is, you know, in... They're amazing. I, and my team, it's the best product professional I've ever been around. But we're getting, well, typically get engaged to solve real hard problems. Like no one's using my product. I needed people to adopt it. Or I think I built a great thing, but I need to sell more of it. You know, th- those are typically the things that are, our service will then get uh, hired to help with. So you have a lot of talented, experienced people on your team that I'm assuming could find a job about anywhere yep. that they want to go. So most of what your job as the CEO is to create the culture where they want to stay and where they enjoy the work. I want to have that be the frame for this conversation. Well, let's just start off with that topic of retention. Like, What is the way that you, as a digital company yourself, making digital products, how do you focus on those retention topics? How do you keep people engaged? Yeah. So well, you hit on it brilliantly, which is, I mean, for us at being a service and even a premium service where we're not, you know, retention, our product is our team. Mm-hmm. You know, it is to, to your point, it is everything for us. Um, yeah. We are not a consultancy. We are not a body shop. We are not rotating or hiring staff to fill a project that we're, that that's, that's very intentional. When we bring the company and agency, you are, People are hiring us and they, they, they know the, the product professionals or experts they're going to get by name, meaning I want that person helping me. I understand their background. And so our team at this point, they may have entered the Innovate Map team uh, being a very seasoned and outstanding product professional at a company. But then when they join the team, then they start to get more at bats. You know, so like instead of just like run, doing product marketing for one software company, we might have a product marketing expert doing it for, you know, three to four clients at a time, maybe 12 to 15 over the course of a year. And you start to compound that over years and they truly are the expert because of that. So I, that from a, from a from perspective where I sit as you know, an owner CEO, I can't lose that. 
that's and so what that means i really mean in our nature that our, our product is our people so retention is everything so we have to focus on culture growth um opportunities where this continues to be a place that they want to be um and 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 you know and we so we're Stuff we all, we're always thinking about that to keep them happy. Let's be very blunt. <laughs> well, give us a few specifics. What are some things that you've tried? What are some things that have been successful in terms of really keeping this kind of top tier talent invested in your brand? Well, I mean, one, one thing for us is um, variety. Um, so variety of opportunities, but also variety of clients. If I think about like if you're a UX designer uh, and you could probably, to your point earlier, get hired by any software company to be their UX designer, why innovate that? Um, it, a lot of what's a good fit for a, an outstanding designer here is that variety. It's I might ever, not just one project in a year, but I might literally each month be tasked with a new UX opportunity to go solve. And, and that variety is intentional. Like we don't, you know, we, um, you know, you, you can, as a partner, graduate from Innovate Map. That was a call I had to make business model wise very early on. You know, are we going to try to have people staffed at the client on site 40 hours a week for years? And or are we going to continue? And, and, and for what we wanted to do in retaining the team, I wanted to uh, allow them to get new clients. And, 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 you know, we've got partnerships that we've been in for a long time that, that have, you know, some of our team members retained, and that's great. We love those. But if I'm if, if I'm a team member at Innovate Map, I always like someone to have some semblance or some ability to be taking on new work always, and that keeps them happy. A lot a lot of our team members, the reason they're here is they get to flex their uh, product or strategy design muscles often, and that keeps them sharp. And so that variety is is definitely one thing that comes top to m- top of mind. Can you give us an idea about demographics here? Are we talking like age-wise? Where do the people come from? Yeah, I would say uh, um, equity and diversity is a very strong core value of our company. And we get hired for our innovation, our ideas, our new thinking. And those ideas are fantastic because of the diversity of the team. I'll just tell you, we have a, we've got all different backgrounds, uh, all different ages. You know, we've got very seasoned senior strategists, you know, probably more middle-aged. We've got very uh, young, emerging, excellent younger talent and um, the collaboration that we might do internally on behalf of the company. Honestly, our ideas are uh, strategically on point from maybe some of the more seasoned professionals, but they are, they're definitely of cutting edge relevance complemented by some of our more, uh, you know, you know, new thinking team members. Um, So pretty diverse in in terms of the makeup of the team. Um, I'll just say just for the context to, to, to listeners, while we're a team of 21, we're an agency of 21 professionals, um, all different backgrounds, um, and, and the ideas and the recommendations are all the stronger for our clients. Yeah, so it almost seems like the way you're structuring your culture is not so much around an age or a demographic or anything. It's about that mindset of somebody who comes in with just that product mindset. And somebody who's like that often likes to work on a large variety of products, so you're kind of catering to their needs as a personality. Yeah, and if you think about it, like so, one of our hiring criteria is I, I serve for great. Actually, what I what I really aspire for is elite, elite character and elite skills. And uh, I'll just speak to the character. I'm going to they're going to be put in front of a client. Like that is our brand. That experience, that expertise, that advice. They have got to be able to interact, but they've also got to be the best of what they do. And if you think about someone who is of such strong character and skills. Um, they they want more. They want to sharpen that, and mm-hmm. and and you know, and they always want to be getting better. 
And and so you get to some degree the challenge on us is to always be feeding that where, you know, I don't have a team that's like, this is what I want to do every day, clock in, mail it in. These are really very motivated, winning. um, Our team embraces change. They see problems as opportunities. And uh, I'm kind of describing a little, getting a sense of culture, but that's kind of really what makes them a good fit for what we do. And just honing in on that always is, is, is probably our company challenge. Mike, give us some honest feedback here. What are some things you've tried that you thought were going to be good ideas in terms of improving the culture in a digital organization, but just didn't work out the way you wanted it to? Definitely some things I'm, uh, uh, that are happening right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I would let me, let me cut to some best practices or failures in the past week. A lot of times we'll want to do team things or cultural things, but um, our world is dominated by our calendar. You know, so a lot of, you know, like it, we've minded one. And, and so one thing that we failed on very early on was trying to have those compete. We might have like a fun team lunch and team members were like, hey, I'm at odds with that because I've got a core client meeting and what's what's more important. And, you know, so, you know, our, you know, if, if you've got a team member that's trying to balance, hey, I'm I got to be available for three clients, but I also understand my responsibility back to the company and to participate in some of these team building cultural things. Uh, we struggled with that. We messed up on that many times. And I'll just say where we kind of maybe arrived a couple of years ago was putting a little more structure on that. So we have a real, because of our business being an agency and servicing, we, we basically have a concept, which is noon on Monday to noon on Friday, everything in between that time frame, the client comes first. And we bookend the week focused on Innovate Math and your team. So that we, the, the team knows that they, you know, so we'll, we'll literally allow people the flexibility to be there for their clients during the week. But like we literally have like all team stand up, client standups, our internal marketing meetings, our business development meetings, any team building things will really be bookended. And that has been a fix to what was a failure <laughs> in terms of how do we balance our calendars and these two priorities. Yeah, that's great. Mike, let's shift a little bit. When you're talking about making products, you immediately imagine like a room with filled with whiteboards. Everyone's just kind of standing around brainstorming what's going to happen, right? Which is awesome. And hopefully we can get back to that one day. But right now, when people are so remote, everything's kind of focused on this kind of being separate. How have you overcome that struggle or, or have you? And where are you in that in terms of finding the digital equivalent of that offsite or that brainstorming meeting? Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to acknowledge that the the challenge is real. Yeah. You know, if you were to see, if you were to ever walk in the Innovate Map office, it is completely orientated and optimized around free thinking and collaboration. Unbelievable natural light, totally open environment. There is a every room is a whiteboard wall. And if you were to ever be here during the week, you know, pre-March, it, the energy is incredible. People, one plus one is five, you know, with it, with people collaborating. And candidly, we get paid to be strategic, forward-thinking, and innovative, Yeah, right? So that is the that is a core essence of how our business operates. Um, admittedly, you know, that's that's been top of mind as, as we, we've now been remote. I my, my, my one take I'll just share with you is, you know, as we're remote, you can execute work very well, you know? So work that is executable um, has almost been flawless with our team. I'm very proud of that during this. But, um, you know, we've really had to work hard on how are we going to collaborate and do those internal meetings. And I'm, I'm proud of the team. They're doing great. Like, our, But but you kind of sit here in my scene, you're like, we haven't fully arrived there. Those challenges aren't solved. Like, you're not hearing from me right now. Oh, we totally figured that out. It's We do that easy. 
Uh, no, you have to be a lot more intentional. Um, you know, a lot of awesome conversations that might and ideas that may have happened in the office would have happened serendipitously or with an accidental conversation or, uh, you know, in idle time when someone's thinking about something and just, you know, reaches out and says, hey, I need a thought partner on this for a minute. That stuff, um, one thing that we've had to do is acknowledge that that is a gap. And so we had to be way more intentional about it as a team. Okay. So like, if you have a thought and we use Slack, direct Slack, call somebody and get it out. Right. And because what I started to see during the early stages of this is people wouldn't collaborate unless they had a pre-scheduled meeting to do so. Mm. Right. Right. And, and so what we started seeing us lose is this, I got something on my mind. I want to talk about it right now. And unless there's a meeting, you, you had no one to talk about it with. And so we've been really, certainly as a leadership team, encouraging the, you know, recurring standups to just maybe force that if you have it, you know, if, if for example, if, if a thought partner of mine in the company, another executive in the office might've been brainstorming or knowing what I'm thinking every hour on the hour, we maybe have 12 accidental conversations in the office. That's hard to repeat. Uh, at least it's been hard for us to repeat. So you just have to be intentional. I, I, I will randomly connect with people during the day and say, Hey, you got a second. This is on my mind. And, uh, not be beholden to remote life. Um, well, so we haven't figured it out. Challenge is real. Uh, we're doing our best, but you're spot on with that, with that question. Yeah. I mean, if you can look forward, you know, any technology improvement you want, you got it. Any kind of physical limitation improvement, you got it. What, what is the perfect way to solve this problem? Is there any technology solution, digital solution that actually covers this? Or is it, there's nothing that replaces that physical aspect? I won't be as extreme as to say there's nothing that will replace it, but there is, I'll admit, there is an element that is challenged there. And I'm going to come back about it. There's probably people who listen to be like, baloney, Mike, you guys just haven't figured it out yet, or we've been doing this forever. But I'll just say for our business where it was so core to what we did, right? Uh, this is a, this is something upon us. I, I, I could see, I've started to make in my head, um, there's definitely a difference between um, execution of known work versus ideation and mobilization of new, ill-defined things. So let me pause on that. Things that we do, like when we get a client and we're solving a problem that we've been solving for seven years and solved 25 times a year, it's great. I, I've not, I've, I'm very proud to say that we have not, client delivery of what we've been hired to do has been flawless. I, I, I just Our team has done such a great job figuring out how to do that remotely. Honestly, not all of our clients are local, so we've been doing remote client delivery for about three years. So for us, what's actually been the challenge is how do we operate as a team now remotely when this company and this team lean so heavily on being together? And if I think about the ideal state, I'm starting to compartmentalize types of work and jobs to be done and saying some of these things are executed, if not better, remotely. And maybe we're going to lean into that. But there's some of these things that are just challenged and we've got to either intentionally do better or it might be the select things that do draw us back to the office or back together. It's just be very honest. And I, I'll speak to one in particular, not to be so vague, but like to say I'm an executive offsite meeting, right? Where the whole purpose is not executing no work, but actually strategizing and collaborating and dealing with unknown. And, you know, and that kind of thing is uh, on our mind right now. Because I'll just, I'll, I'll share another one. That's that's an all-day thing if you've ever kind of done an offsite and, and deep strategic thinking with someone. And, you know, an eight hours in front of a Zoom screen is, is not always the most energized. <laughs> no, One person talking at a time, no, no whiteboard. So 
we're, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. But I, I do see a time where, you know, you know, and I've seen a lot of companies, uh, if I kind of look sideways and out in the market, I'm seeing a lot of companies really make this distinction between, you know, like, hey, executive work, strategy work, maybe some core business operations work, like business development, where you got to be close to what the business is going through, maybe marketing. Those are the maybe things that need to be done at the headquarters, like delivery, execution. There are other roles that are done maybe even efficient, more efficiently well remote. And that's, that's kind of what's upon us right now is what is the, what is a, where we might've been, I'll just be honest, for our business, remember our businesses, this is a very core piece to it, innovating, collaborating. That's what you paid for. Um, you know, we, we were all in person and now we had to go all remote. And I do knew that the vision, if we're sitting here January of 2021, it's a hybrid of the two. I do think that there are some elements of the business for them to perform at the best in person is just irreplaceable. But I have also had my eyes opened that there are also elements of this business that are done exceptionally well remotely, exceptionally well. And uh, I'd be foolish to lean into that or to not lean into that and just, you know, rewind or unwind that progress. You used the term idle time before, which I think is, is something that that's really interesting to think about. Now, if you're home, you have kind of this in-between time between tasks you're working on and you need to take a little break. Typically, what you're going to do is maybe you're going to go outside and take a walk, or if you have family at home, if you have kids at home, maybe hang out with them for a while or go out with a partner or something like that, which is you know an incredibly rich quality of life thing to be able to participate in. When you're at the office, when you have the idle time, it's kind of a similar thing. You, you connect with coworkers, maybe you have some kind of innovative thought that either goes into that big stew pot of, of innovation that comes up later. So do you feel like it's that same thing where we kind of need to have a blend of both. We want people to have that full, rich home life as well as a rich work life. Is there any way to get both those things together? Well, first of all, you're completely on it again. Like that, that, so, and I'll just speak to that. Um, you know, when I'm at home, I'm a father of five. There's five kids. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll just tell you, in, in, in our line of business, context switching is one of the most challenging things. You go from a client meeting to a sales meeting to an internal marketing meeting to another client meeting. And that context switching is challenging enough. But in that instance, I'm always in the work head space, right? And I typically would have used my commute mm. to have transitioned from work head space to personal head space, right? And it's healthy. It's healthy. When I've been home, it's jarring. Like I might leave a work meeting and have to go get a drink of water and I might pass two or three kids and ask me a question. And what, it, what it does for me is it, 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 it's a rapid, like jarring transition from professional headspace to personal headspace, mm. right? And that, that is a person, that's a professional challenge. Let's be honest. So like for me, and I'm speaking personally, everyone's going to have different experiences, but you know, I think working from home had a tremendous amount of personal benefit. The walk, the, um, you know, the idle time might be a lunch with my wife or something like that. That was, that was great. Um, the professional benefits for someone in my role, CEO, were, were tough. You know, I, 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 there were times that like, I really want to stay in a work headspace. Uh, my solution to those problems has been like focus, you know, like, like blocks. Um, but yeah, in my role, certainly as CEO, seeking that consistent stay in the work headspace versus breaking it up um, is something that we're still trying to work on. So like I, I, so you have to balance, there's professional benefits of staying in a work headspace, but there's personal benefits of being able to have that flexibility. I once again feel like that the ideal state for certainly someone who's kind of a leader in a company 
it's probably a hybrid again. You know, it may be, hey, we need you if you're an executive company at some point when it's when it's it's right to come back to the office because that has its advantages. But working from home certainly had its advantages too. So maybe we as a company decide to offer that as a flexibility. That's another perk. You know, hey, one day a week, everybody work from home or everyone has that as a perk. I, I feel like we're going to find the right balance. And I do think it's, it's, it's role-based as well. Just, you know, like that, that we've got, uh, can't, we got designers incredibly efficient executing design. Uh, I honestly, um, I don't need, I don't know if they've even missed a beat, you know? So I, if not even more efficient, I, I, I've got, I mean, I think that might resonate as people think about their company, that there are certain roles that are probably performing exceptionally well. And there's certain ones that although performing the work in front of them, well, you have to be more intentional about doing the things that are challenged remotely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like you can even look at your calendar for the day. And if you see, man, I got client meeting, client meeting, strategic meeting coming up like three, four of those in a day, like you're realizing home is not the best place for me to be today. I need to be in the office, but you look at another day and it's pretty blank and you've got time to shift around and do different things. You can stay home that day too. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm leaning. And like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm sorting through all this right now myself, yeah. you know, and we are even as a leadership team as a company, like what's it going to be is we're starting to see some semblance of what the world be and settling, but you, you're right. I, I think it's very dated. That's why, you know, if, if you're offering, I've seen a lot of the CEOs do this, which is there were positive elements of it that we're going to re- keep going with. Yep. And, and, you know, and I think it's just, just like you said, I think it's very counter-based. Like you wake up and you're like, oof, this day, I'm going to be better served handling this in the office or yep. some heavy topics I need access to other people. And then you might hit another day and be like, you know what? I, I was, uh, this, this is going to be a perfect day for me to execute all this stuff at home. You know, I got a lot of heads down work. Maybe I got a checklist I want to plow through in two or three hours yep. where, I, where I'm not going to be collaborating with other people on that. You know, this day is maybe well suited for me to be more efficient and stay home. Mike, one last question for you, a topic to deal with is about raising up new talent, new leadership development, especially if you think about the role of you have some kind of apprentice relationship. So much of that learning happens, not because you're sitting down talking with somebody, telling them what they need to do, but because they're observing you. They're watching what you do. They're sitting in a meeting with you and just listening in. In a digital workplace, especially in a remote environment, those opportunities are often limited because they're just not invited to that meeting or you, they don't get to see those things or it's strange to have somebody else on a Zoom call just like watching in on things. So I'm not assuming you've cracked this one either, but like, what are your thoughts on that? How can we continue to have that kind of people learning just by watching and still maintain this digital flow? Yeah, I haven't cracked the code on that, but I will just tell you what you're talking about is extremely important to how Innovate Map develops leaders. And so it is very top of mind. I'll just tell you personally, uh, I'm kind of a lead by example. So I'm extra challenged by this. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a very fast moving thoughts, sharing real time. Um, you know, if you go like three, five days without connecting with me, the, my thought process or the business has advanced pretty fast in that time. Right. Right? Yeah. So, so, you know, it, 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 probably to a detriment to the team where it's like, yeah, you just need to be around Mike, right? So it's really, it's, it's almost like it's in front of us right now. Like there are people that I'm trying to grow that um, aren't by my side all day. They aren't uh, an apprentice model. And that's why I say, uh, you know, we've had to be more intentional. I've had to reach out. I've asked them to reach out. Honestly, uh, daily standups have happened a little bit. Um, I'm, my personality isn't the type to like, at the end of the day, document everything I did. That's not, that's not going to solve the thing we're talking about right now. Um, 
So that's a challenge. And, 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 and for us in particular, big time, because that is a key piece of how we have developed leaders is the mentor apprentice model. You know, and in, in the absence, the best thing I think we've seen, or at least somewhat worked for us, is to be in dialogue often. To be in dialogue often. So identify those two or three people that you know are learning that way and make sure you are connecting with them multiple times in the day. You know, you might not have a prescribed or predefined meeting or reason to meet with them, but acknowledge that your reason to meet with them is that they just need to be knowing what's on your mind. Um, one thing, actually, I'll, I'll jump to this. One thing that we would realize, you know, let's just say you, you, you know, in the old world would have driven to a client meeting with a client, with, a, with, with your apprentice, right? I like how you call it the old world too. And, you know, and after that client meeting or the sales meeting, you get in the car with them. What are you doing in that car ride? You are decompressing what happened. Yeah. You are to this young apprentice sharing ways that that went well, man, I, I bet they're not going to do this or you're going to, they're going to get your thoughts fresh, mm-hmm. right? Um, that wasn't happening the first two months of this. And we realized that gap. And so let me give you a good example. Let's just say we have that exact same sales meeting and the Zoom call ends. And you get up and you go out to your kitchen and you run into your kids. That, that, that wonderful moment of reflection in the real time was missed. Yeah, it's gone. And so what we started doing was scheduling more 45 or 50 minute meetings and literally preserving that recap time for internal dialogue. So like we would complete a meeting in 50 minutes and literally after the meeting, we're direct Slack calling each other. So what'd you think? And they're, and they're getting that moment. So I think with all of this, you know, I think, I think it's an acknowledgement of the gap and you have to be intentional about how to fill it in, in a moment you're not able to. And that, that example is, uh, I'm glad I, it, it came because it's very real where that after meeting reflection amongst a, a leader and a young apprentice who wants to learn from that experience. It's so easy to just drop that Zoom call and go to the next call. And then that, that, that brilliance, that, that, that experience just fell, just vanished away. Um, that, that's, that's not productive for the development. Got to find a way to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah, those after-meeting conversations or the walk out to the parking lot, like that's where like that real leadership development happens. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Cool. Mike, the, I think we've hit on all the issues and we've solved none of them. So thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Glad I could help. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, we appreciate you coming on and sharing where you're at right now and being honest with the things that are there. I, I really like how you guys are in the middle of it, struggling, trying to find solutions, not giving up. So thanks for your part in that. And we look forward to connecting with you again soon. Sounds awesome. Thanks for the time. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you found Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice-a-month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level 5 digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.